Romans chapter number 9, and uh, we're going to get back in here to verse 6 to 13, and uh, we're going to uh, uh, kind of work our way down through this, kind of pick up where we left off last time, and uh, at the same token, uh, answer and look here. So let's start reading at verse 6, Romans 9, verse 6. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither, because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise, at this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. Now notice verse 11, the parenthesis. For the children being not yet born, neither having done anything, I'm sorry, <laughs> neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, and not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And again, Paul is answering the first objection here to really his Acts ministry, but also to the fact that when he has just said, back up in verse 3, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. Israel has been accursed. They've been cut off. They've been separated. They've been removed from that special privilege that they had with God. That's, that's been interrupted now with the dispensation of grace, with the message given to Paul. So when you say that and you talk like that and you, you bring home the point that God today isn't in the real estate business. He's doing something different. Then there's an instant objection raised from and by, uh, every, by anyone in religiondom out there, Christianity. What? You mean we don't, you know, you've all seen the bumper stickers, you know, bless Israel and get a blessing, that type of mentality. It's prevalent in our uh, political culture. It, you know, if we bless Israel, then everything will be good. No. In the word of God, when you come to Scripture, that isn't the case. So when you talk like that, then what do people do? They raise objections. There's three of them in the chapter. The first one is here in verse 6 when he says, not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. And we started last time, Paul to Israel. He's talking to the Jews here. He's emphasizing to Israel that God's word has been working all along since Abraham. God were, God's word has set things into motion has begun to move, and what it set into motion is what's called the remnant doctrine, the doctrine of the believing remnant, of a remnant of believers. Notice in this, in, when we get into, we're here in 9, 10, and 11, I was reading it the other morning, and you have to be careful to read every word. Notice how he, notice verse 6, for they are not all Israel, Israel which are what? Of Israel. We usually say, which are Israel. It doesn't say that. It says, of Israel. Verse 7. 
neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. Notice, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they what? The children. Why? Because it's in Isaac shall thy seed be called. See, he's, he's, he's uh, dividing up the nation of Israel is what he's doing. Look at verse 8. That is, okay, what is verse seven, 6 and 7 about? That is, they which are the children of the flesh. Well, who would that be? That would be a dis physical descendant of Abraham. But those people are not what? The children of God. Isn't that interesting? See how he's weeding them out. So who's the child of God? But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. I, Abraham had two boys, didn't he? Remember Ishmael and Isaac. Do you remember Ishmael in Galatians? He's called uh, Hagar and the bond woman and the bondage and the flesh. Remember Romans 4? What did Abraham learn concerning the flesh? He didn't do it. So what is Ishmael? He's of Abraham's seed, isn't he? But he's not the children, the child of promise. Who's the child of promise? Isaac is. Who's Isaac? Isaac's the miracle baby. Verse uh, uh, 9, for this is the word of promise. See that promise? Child of promise. What God promised Abraham? A seed line. Abraham went out and he tried to help God in the energy of his flesh, Romans 4. And he had a kid. So the problem wasn't with Abraham and his ability to have a kid. The problem was with who? Sarah. Her womb was dead. So the Lord, so God comes in, verse 9, at this time will I come. There's the God. And what, ha what did he do? He energizes Sarah's womb. By the way, well, and Sarah shall have a son. She had Isaac. You know she had more children after Isaac because God made her womb come alive. So he didn't just come alive, have Isaac, and go dead again, dormant. She had more kids. And, and so you, what do you have then? You've got all of these kids, and I say all of them because there's a bunch of them, that belong to the seed of Abraham that are what? Not the children of promise. Who's the child of promise? Isaac. Okay? Then he says, verse 12, or verse 10, and not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father, who? Isaac. What did she, who did she have? Verse 12. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the who? The younger. And, and it is, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. So what did she have? She had two boys, Esau and then Jacob. But who's the seed belong? Who does God love? Jacob. He, Esau, Edomites. We'll go back there in just a minute and look at it. So what you have going on here is you have the nation of Israel being what? Divided up into two groups, two peoples, two nations. We'll show you the verse here in just a minute where that's a fulfillment of it. And what's happening is verse 11, the parenthesis. Why is all of this happening? See? Why did this, how is this, how is the word, how can they make the claim in verse 6 that the word of God is unreliable? It's ineffective. Because they look at what's going on and they don't understand the remnant mentality, this division. 
Look at verse 11. For the children being not yet born. See, he's, he's, we have Isaac and Jacob. We have Ishmael and Esau and the descendant line. Who comes out of Abraham's the father, right? He's got this descendant. He's got this family tree going on here. It's funny. It's not funny. It's, it's ironic. If you study anything about the Muslims and Islam, do you know who they claim to be their father? Abraham. It's, but you know, how, you know who they go through? Ishmael. Esau and Ishmael. They go that way. What did God do? He took the birthright from these guys and gave it to these guys. And you know what? Even today, this group, this cousin family, hates this cousin family. They just Because of the birthright issue. The nation of Israel today is a nation because of the League of Nations in 1948. The United Nations. Huh? Yeah, 48, right? I just, yeah, okay. Well, they're the United Nations today. Then they were the League of Nations. Doesn't matter, okay? Please, thank you. The point is, is the, the, the nation, the fighting over there is because, not because of a group of Gentiles saying, you're the nation now. The fighting over there is because of cousins and the birthright. And it goes right back to this. And what Paul's saying is, is hey, look, guys, the word of God has been working. Look at verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil. Now that's going to be important here. What did he say back up there in verse 8? The children of the flesh. Verse 11. That the purpose of God according to election might stand. God has an elective person, purpose. He's got a purpose here for what he's doing. He's got a purpose for moving out. And you know what? It's not of works. So the election, the issue of election, isn't has to do with someone doing good, being elected. So being elected to good or elected to do evil, which is what the Calvinists say and the covenant theology guys say. It isn't anything about activity on your part. It's what? It's according to him who calleth. God's word's been running and working ever since. And what Paul's driving at and what really is happening here is that physical nation, Israel, failed to understand that God was calling out from that nation a spiritual nation, a remnant, a believing remnant. In a minute we'll look over where the Lord calls them the little flock in Deuteronomy Moses calls them a foolish nation. In 1 Peter, Peter calls them a royal nation, a righteous nation. But where did they come from? They came out of Abraham. And that's what's missing in it. Come back with me to Isaiah 65. They've missed this. Isaiah chapter 65. Isaiah 65. When you think about what the prophets have been talking about over time, it is very clear about this doctrine of the remnant. Uh, Isaiah 65, if you look there at verse 9. Isaiah 65, 9. 
And I will bring forth a seed out of who? Jacob. Jacob's the guy. Not Esau. Isaac. Not Ishmael. He's going to bring what out of, out of Jacob? A seed. And out of Judah, an inheritor of my mountains, and mine elect shall inherit it. My servant shall dwell there. Notice he's going to bring a seed out of Jacob, and he calls them what? Mine elect. He has an elective purpose here to look at the nation as a whole, the physical nation, and says, you know what? We're going to do this. Because this nation is a mixed multitude. It's got everybody in it that's underneath Abraham's genealogy, tree. And he says, but that's not enough. You've got to be out of where I'm calling for. And he begins to talk here. Again, Isaac, not Ishmael. Jacob, not Esau. He doesn't say, I'm calling out of Israel a seed. He says, I'm calling out of Jacob. Because Jacob is the one that produced who? Israel. He's the father. He's the patriarch of the 12 boys that make the 12 tribes up. By the way, when Paul, he's going to talk in Romans 15, verse 8, about the Lord Jesus Christ being uh, the minister of the circumcision to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Here's the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, he's not talking about fathers, everybody. He's talking about the specific seed line. Look over at chapter 68. I'm sorry, 66 and verse 8. Sorry. <laughs> There's no 68. Isaiah 66 and verse 8. So this principle in, and we're not going to run every verse about the remnant, but I just want you to sh see here that this principle about the remnant is here. Israel missed it, as a, Israel as a whole. Notice 66.8. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or, now watch, shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion tra travailed, she brought forth her children. Notice, there's a nation that's going to be what? Born. And that's the key here. That's going to be the key issue when, when, when you go back into the earthly ministry of the Lord and he looks at Nicodemus and says, you have to be born again. Israel, my firstborn. You guys know where we're at? Maybe, maybe not. Some of you are looking at me like it's still Turkey Tuesday or Thursday. Turkey Tuesday was the fundraiser. Okay, think about this. In Genesis 10 and 11, you have what? All the, 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 the uh, dividing out of the Gentile nations. They move. In Genesis 12, you have the in introduction of Abraham. And he says in Genesis 12, the first four verses, Abraham, you're the guy. And in you, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a seed. And I'm going to give you the ability to bless. You've got it, Abraham. But then in 17, he says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to divide that even up a little bit more. 
But do you see where we went? I went 17. What happened in 15? Do you know? You're going to have a seed. You're going to have a son. You're going to have a miracle son, a miracle baby. So what does he do? In 15 and 16, he goes and tries to help with Ishmael. Who showed up? Isaac's the guy. You're going to, okay? Now Isaac goes to Rebekah, and Rebekah's going to have two boys. This is Genesis, uh, not 35, 25. And he says, not Esau, but Jacob. Jacob then has 12 boys. By the way, he had a bunch of girls too. Those girls are descendants of who? Abraham. You have a genealogy going here. Ishmael was blessed with 12 kingdoms as well. 12 boys. These guys, can they claim to be Abraham's descendants? All day long they can. But are they what the word has been talking about on the line? No. That's what Paul's getting at in Romans 9 here. When, you, when they say the word of God has been a non effect, it hadn't been working, it's non-reliable, the answer to that is no, it's been working since Abraham. Because this produces Israel, and then that comes out of the tribe of Judah, and there is the Lord. Okay, now Judah's got a lot of people, so you've got the family of Jesse and David, specifically, and there's the Lord. Okay, actually, David, let's even get more direct, Nathan, his boy. Okay, so what's going, see, so what Paul's driving at is, if you're, Paul shows up and says, this has all been interrupted, and they say, you anti-Semitic? You're against Jews? Well, I'm God's word? And Paul says, whoa, 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 back up here a second, Bubba. You're on the wrong line. And that's what he's getting at. Come over to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. Keep just kind of look, looking at this. Amos, Obadiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel. Joel chapter 2. Isaiah... He says, there's a nation that has to be born. So when they come out of Egypt, what does he say? Israel, my firstborn. But Israel has to have... Now, these guys are... I mean, you think about Israel. Israel comes out of Egypt a mixed multitude, believing and unbelieving. So what's he going to do now? What's the Lord going to do? He's going to take Israel and divide her up even more. Because what are we after? We're after a spiritual seed, a spiritual nation. And believe it or not, I run off the board. Okay? Now, Joel chapter 2. Look at verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord 
shall call. God is calling a remnant. And it's in Isaac is the seed. It's in, again, which seed? Isaac, not Ishmael. Jacob, not Esau. Come over to, come back to Psalms 22. The wonderful passage, the wonderful psalm on the cross of Christ and the glory and the kingdom. Psalms 22. Psalms 22, verse 30. Psalms 22, 30. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come, talking about the seed, and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be, what? Born. He hath done this. You see, Israel had access to this. It's here in Psalms. It's in Isaiah. It's in their Torah. It's in their Old Testament. They had access to it. But what did they do? They missed it. They didn't look for it. And what Paul's going to tell us in Romans 9, the conclusion is they did it un, in unbelief. That's the point. Come over to Matthew chapter 3. Watch this in Matthew 3 because we're going to fast forward here. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3. You have John the Baptist come on the scene. So from the end of Malachi to Matthew 1, you have 400 years of silence from God. Okay? There's a famine in the land of God's word. He's got the written prophets are done. Israel has the prophets. Let them read that, and they're good. But then in Matthew 1, or Luke 1, who shows up? The angel Gabriel shows up and talks to who? John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah. There he is. Boom. Get his name right. Zacharias. Luke 1. And what what does he say to Zach? Hey, boom. And Zacharias says, could you imagine? You haven't seen an angel in over 400 years. And all of a sudden, one stands in front of you. What would you do? He couldn't speak. So now he's over here writing messages on the board going, angel, that way. You know, can't talk. He's dumb. Why? Because he didn't trust what the angel told, what Gabriel told him. He was operating in unbelief a little here. Wait, what? Why? Well, why? Because he's been silent. By the way, what he didn't believe was that him and Elizabeth would have a boy and that he was going to be the crier, the the crier in the wilderness. So in John 3, you have verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's first time? Over there in Luke, he says, The law and the prophets were until John. With John then, now every man pressed it into the kingdom. With John came a dispensational movement in Israel's program. Why? Because the kingdom is now, the kingdom that the prophets had been talking about, it's now at hand. It's being offered to them. So he's out doing what? Well, verse 6, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. What were they doing? They were doing what Leviticus 26 said they had to do to fix and come out from underneath those courses of judgment and be ready for the Messiah, to be ready for the kingdom. They were to repent and confess their sins and be baptized. 
That's what they were to do. That's what Daniel does in Daniel 9 at the end of 70 years. He goes in and he confesses the national confession. And I told you guys the last two weeks, this is not about individuals. This is about the nation. Okay? It's not individually, specifically. They had to be justified. People that make up this spiritual seed come out of every 12 tribes. That means they had to do what? Operate by faith individually to say, you know what? There's the Messiah. Let's go. And they get in, okay? Okay. We're talking on the nationally, the unit. Verse 7, Matthew 3, 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism. Who are those guys? Well, they're Israel, but they're not in the right side. Sadducees, you know how you remember what they believed? They don't believe in a resurrection, so they're sad, you see. They have no hope. They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in the, super, the spiritual side of things. The Pharisees are the fundamental law-keeping, Bible-believing guys, and yet if you don't do what the traditions of their fathers tell you to do, extra-biblical information, then guess what you are? You're in trouble. How do you know that? Well, look at the rest of the verse. What does he say to them? Oh, generation of lovely, wonderful people. No, he calls them vipers. I don't know if you've ever wondered why he uses viper. You know what a viper is, a big snake, deadly snake? Well, what does the Lord tell these, this group of people in John 8? They, he says, you're, oh, we, they say, we have Abraham as our father. He goes, no, you don't. You're of your father, the devil. See? Not physically, but what? Spiritually, because what's the Lord calling out? A spiritual seed, a spiritual nation. You generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come? First guy in the word of God to use that, that term, to come, John the Baptist. He coined that word, not Paul. Well, the Holy Spirit coined it because he wrote it. But So the issue of the world to come, the wrath to come, belongs right here. Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meet for repentance. And watch this now, think not to say within yourselves... We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. John the Baptist takes the prophecy and he, he presses it with them, with the leaders of Israel, and he says, you've missed the, what the prophets were telling you about the believing remnant, what the Lord is going to call the little flock, that, that remnant mentality, that remnant doctrine, and that's what the Lord is, from here on out, is going to stress and press. And, oh, by the way, just before you think you can make that claim to the physical descendancy issue, verse 9. <laughs> Guess what? That is not the issue anymore. Now, it is an issue because to be a Jew of you, in, in there, you have to have that lineage. But what is the Lord going to press in his earthly ministry? a spiritual component. You gotta be born again. That physical descendant nation is not the issue in the earthly ministry of Christ. 
the physical descendants of Abraham, Israel, they thought that they were entitled to all of the privileges, all of the blessings that God has given to them, all that 9, 4, and 5 we went through. And you know what God says? No. You physical don't get it. You believing remnant get it. And what Paul does is Paul presses that with them, with Israel, because what do they see happening in the dispensation of grace? God has left them. He's over here doing what? Something with the Gentiles. Okay? But what should Israel have recognized? Look, he's been doing this all along. That's why Paul, later when we get into chapter 9 and a little and 10 and 11, he's going to press an underlining issue that God has all along been cho- choosing who he's going to bless and who he's going to work through. And you shouldn't be surprised that he's chosen now to go over here to another people group and do what? Do what he wants to do with them. Because what happens is, is they're, they're going to make an accusation that God's unreasonable, and why doesn't God just finish and do this? And it's like, no, God is right in leaving one group of people and going and blessing another group at the time, and that other group being the Gentiles. You guys follow that? All right, go back to, <clears throat> well, go back to Romans 9. See, what Paul is doing here is he's saying, Israel, you have missed what God's word has been doing all along. He has been God's word. He, God, has been separating out a spiritual seed. It is in Isaac, not Ishmael. It's in Jacob, not Esau. It's in the 12 tribes of Judah. That's where the Lord comes in. But now here, we're going to do... we're. Again, separating out even further. He's been calling out of the ranks of a physical nation a spiritual nation. Romans 9, look there at verse 12. Romans 9, verse 12. It was unto her, and the her there is Rebecca, that what? The elder shall serve the younger. By the way, that is a great definition of the elective purpose of God, is that the elder is going to what? Serve the under. Service. That's what election is. Service. Mine elect. My servants. We saw that at Isaiah 65. See? You go over to Isaiah 45. My, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, mine elect. What is he? He's my servant. So if you think about election, don't ever think about salvation. Again, covenant theology, they say this side of the room, because you guys have been preordained before the foundation of the world to do good, you're saved. This side of the room, tough luck, you've been preordained before the foundation of the world to do evil, so you're going to hell. Nice knowing you. Boom. No. Again, it's not on the individual basis. We're talking about national, group. The church, the body of Christ, Ephesians 1, verse 4, before the foundation of the world, the church, the body of Christ, was chosen. The agent, the group. How do you get into the church? 
Well, Romans 3, it's made available unto all. But it's only upon all them that believe. So now the gospel calls you. I, that verse in Timothy, he says, Paul says, I'm the, he's the, uh, we trust in the living God, the Savior of all men, comma, especially them that believe. Is he the Savior of all? Yeah. But it's only going to be uh, uh, applicable to who? The believers. Same idea here with Israel. The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now, come back to Genesis 25, because this is where Paul's referencing. And again, the, the, the issue here in Romans 9, for you and I, we usually don't run into Jewish people who pitch a fit like Paul did, okay? I mean, they had him in jail. They had him in bonds. You know, somebody always said Paul's retirement program was stocks and bonds of the physical nature, not the, the, the marketplace, you know? And, and it's something that you and I, but we do run across Christians who have what? An affinity to bless Israel and support Israel. So this will help in dealing Actually, Romans 9, 10, and 11 helps you deal with people like that. Not so much throwing you in jail, but just help answer them. Genesis 25, you found it now. You have uh, verse 23 is where he's uh, quoting from. And the Lord said unto her, talking about Rebekah, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people... Now what shall be separated from thy bowels? How many people are in her womb? Two. But notice what it says first. Two what? Nations. That's why I kept saying this is not individual. It's what? National. It's the agencies. It's the, it's the, it's the group of people who are going to do this. But how many are there? Two. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Isn't that interesting? That's what Paul's referencing here in Romans 9 to explain the doctrine of the remnant. The people of a remnant. That just because someone is a physical descendant of Abraham and of Isaac doesn't mean that they are the Israel of God. He's, what did he just do to Isaac's descendants? He said, one is a good and the other one is not. Now Esau's the older one. If you keep reading down, if you look down there at verse, uh, well, if you keep reading verse 25, and the first came out red and uh, all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. So who was first out? Esau, verse 26. And after that came his brother out, and, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. Boy, he's uh, 60 years old. Whew. Okay? So I, Ishmael, I'm sorry, Esau is the older. Look down at verse three, 30, I'm sorry. Jacob is the younger. Look at verse 30. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, that 
with that same red pottage, and I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Now that's going to be important because the Edomites hated Israel. They hate Jacob. And they hate Jacob and they hate Israel because of the issue of the birthright. Now watch 31. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point of death, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he sware unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. So he got bean soup, split pea green soup here. Ugh. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau did what? Despised his birthright. Now, so... You've got two nations. You've got Esau, Edom, Edomites. You've got Jacob, the child. So you've got Ishmael, child of the flesh. Isaac, child of the promise. The word of the promise carries to Jacob, not Esau. The word of the promise is going to move. It's going to carry on down through the, through the line. Two nations, two people groups. And again, the Edomites historically hate, the, hate Israel, hate Jacob because of the birthright issue. Jacob says, sell me the birthright. Now, this is not something done on a whim, okay? This is something that started in the womb. Look back across the way at verse 22. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. They've been fighting over this issue since the womb. Esau is first out. What did Jacob's hand do? Grabs on. There's a struggle that's been ongoing. And in Hebrews 12, Esau is called profane. He despised the birthright. There in verse, the end of verse 34. So the issue here is Esau, for a long period of time, hated the birthright, despised it, didn't value it. Think about this. Here you are on the backside of the desert out there, and, and dad looks at you and says, son, one day this is all yours. Wah, what? Huh? And, he, and Isaac begins to teach the boys about the birthright. and the You know, because in Israel, being firstborn is a big deal. You're the, you're the next patriarch of the family. You're the man. And you know what? I, could you imagine looking around out there in what is today Israel? I've only seen it on TV. I've never been there in person. And you know what it is? Gee, thanks, Dad. Really appreciate the, the brown, the dirt, the dust. But what did, I, what did Esau miss? The spiritual side. What did Jacob catch? The spiritual side. Because what does Jacob do? Jacob loves that birthright. He wants the birthright. Esau hates it. 
It, there's no value. There's no benefit here. Jacob understands something about the inheritance, something about, by the way, uh, <clears throat> when he says there in Esau, uh, verse uh, 31, Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what? See that word profit? See, Esau was looking at it from a, from a secular viewpoint, we would say. See, see he, in his heart, he didn't value. Because what would the profit have been? What, what was the profit? What does Jacob understand the profit to be? The seed. What God had promised dad and granddad. So what has Isaac been doing? He's been teaching the boys about the the promise, the Abrahamic covenant. He's promised us all of this, boys. And Esau says, pay me now. Don't pay me later, pay me now. Jacob says no. In his heart, he valued the birthright. And again, come over to Malachi 4. Paul is reminding us. He's reminding Israel. There's two nations here. There's two people groups. Malachi chapter 4. In the history of Israel, you go through the history of Israel in your Old Testament, and it can be measured by the hatred of the Edomites. And again, today, Edom, they don't like Israel. Draw that family line right down, and boom, they go at it. So we have two nations, two people groups. That's why God, why he says God's word's been working since Abraham. He picked, God, God picked Isaac, not Ishmael. By the way, why did God pick Isaac? Because he did Isaac. Now, Abraham and Sarah did the physical activity, but what did God do? Open Sarah's womb. Okay? Jacob and Esau, God says, the younger shall serve, I'm sorry, the elder shall serve the younger. Esau I have hated. Why, why did he hate Esau? Because he despised the birthright. He found no profit in it. By, you know, by the way, you read the rest of Jacob, and he does a little trickery, doesn't he, with dad. Isaac can't tell, he's over and does all that stuff and puts on there. And people go, see, look, he stole it. He, ne- he didn't steal it. He bought, he bought it. He bought it from, with a bowl of pottage, bean soup. Why did God okay what Jacob did? Because he did it with an understanding of what the birthright meant. And what it was going to lead to. And what it brought back to grandpa. Esau didn't. Malachi 4 here, verse 1. You see, we have two people groups, two nations. And God's word says, not Esau, but Jacob will enjoy the birthright. Verse 1. Talking here about the day of the Lord. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But 
Now watch. Unto you that fear my name shall the Son, notice it's a capital S, of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up and calves of the stall, as calves of the stall. And ye, so who? The ones that believe, the believing remnant, the ones who in Israel believe the word of God, fear his name, verse 3, ye shall tread down the who? The wicked. Everybody and their brother says, oh, there's the Gentiles. Not in this passage, it's not the Gentiles. Who's the wicked? Well, verse 1, all that do wickedly shall be stubble. What's going to happen in Matthew? Well, just look over Matthew 3. Hold on to Malachi 4. Look at Matthew 3. Watch John the Baptist do this. Watch him bring it in. Matthew 3. He just said, you, you flee. who told you guys to flee from the wrath to come? Malachi 4 is talking about the wrath to come. Verse 11, John the Baptist says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he, who's that? The Lord, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. Wheat is a type of the good of the believing remnant, the little flock. But he will do what? Burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Chaff. Malachi 4.1, the wicked. Malachi 4.3, the wicked. You see, all of Israel, they're going to stand in judgment. They're going to stand. Now, this event, Malachi 4, if you go back to Malachi 4, verse 3, it's future of us now. But the prophecy is like 1,400 years or so after the Abrahamic covenant. You see how... In the prophets, what, what do we have? We have two. We got a wicked side and we got a believing side. Within who? Israel. Verse 3, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day of the Lord. Uh, in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts, remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him and Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Who's there in, in, with Moses? All of Israel. Some of these guys, all of these guys. Some of these guys, Edomites, all of those guys. Because Moses shows up to deliver the, the, the nation out of Egypt. Moses. Who's there? All of Israel is there. That mixed multitude. And he says, you know what's going to happen? The, you, the believers are the ones who are going to be standing. The wicked, the Edomites, are going to be destroyed. Come over to John 1. And what Paul is doing here is he's in Romans 9, he's educating Israel on this. They had all the privilege. They had all of the advantage. Yet they failed to recognize their Messiah. John 1, verse 11. John 1, verse 11. He came unto his own. Who's that? Israel. 
And his own did what? Come on in, buddy. Good to see you. Hug, hug, love, love, love. No, what did they do? They didn't receive him. Received him not. But as many as what? Received him. You see, there is, think about that. Here's the nation as a whole. He comes to them. The nation as a whole does what? Rejects him. But yet there's what? Some that don't. They receive him. They believe his testimony about who he is and who he says he is. That's why in Matthew 10 he says, I came to, to do what? Save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You think about the earthly ministry of Christ and everything that he does is to push within Israel. Look, look back there at Matthew 10. Look at Matthew 10. There's a reason why he says over there in Mark in our study on Wednesday night, he tells them, you guys that are righteous don't need a physician. The physician comes to those that what? Are sick and need me. He's the physician. He's not going to come over here to those that are think they're whole by their religion. He's over here dealing with the guys, the publicans and the sinners. Why? Because they're the ones that are going to make up that spiritual nation. Matthew 10, he pulls out the 12 apostles. In verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not in the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. There's a reason for that. It isn't so that he would just exclude everybody. By the way, the Samaritans represent the ten northern tribes. You remember the ten northern tribes. What they do? They refused to recognize Jerusalem as their capital. And when they did that, he cut them off. Actually, the Assyrians come in and take them within a matter of months. It took a few years to get Judah but under Babylonian captivity, but the Assyrians come in. He didn't even offer them a banner of help. To re he goes, you don't want me? Go. Get out of here. I don't want you. What? what? How could he do that? Because what's he been doing all along? Them, not them. Him, not him. He's been working with all of the children of Abraham, but he's been doing what? Two nations are in your womb, Rebecca. Two people groups are there. One I hated, the other one I have loved. And the one I loved is getting the bennies. The one I hated is going to be destroyed. So what does he say, But verse 6, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So go back to John 1. What's he doing? He's coming along, earthly ministry, and he's pressing the point. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to, notice, become. Not to be, but to do what? Become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now watch, which were what? Born. What did Isaiah say? Can a nation be born in a year or at once? And you know what the answer is? Yes. Because what's he doing? He's birthing a nation, a spiritual nation. Not of blood. Not because you belong to Abraham. Because you know what the Lord can do? He can reach over there and make them rocks, Abraham. The physical nation thought they got it all. You know what God's word says? You know what the earthly ministry of Christ says? You don't get nothing. You get nothing. Bad English on purpose, okay? 
What's, the, what's important is where are you spiritually? Nor of the will of the flesh. Your temple worship down there, doing the traditions of the elders and the fathers, your religiosity, your keeping of all of the commandments of the law. And the, he looks in Isaiah, he looks at him and says, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want that stench anymore. I want your heart. They're going through the motions. He goes, I don't want that. Nor of the will of man, but of who? Of God. Romans 9 there, verse 8, the word of what? Promise. The children of promise. And verse 11, he says, not yet what? Born. And here we are. Not of works, but of who? But of God. You see, I hope you see what he's doing in Israel. That's why, you know, Paul, bless his heart, he, he, and, he is who? As Saul of Tarsus, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He knew this deal. He, he's the prime one to be leading this charge. Come over to John chapter 3. What's happening in the nation of Israel, I mean, in, in the earthly men, he, he sits there and he goes, look, not those that are not born yet, Talking about the nation, the seed, not, not, just, not, not them just being physically born. By the way, he said that back to Rebecca. Why? Because there, there's a, this seed hasn't come here yet. Remember what Peter says there in, in, in chapter 1 of 1 Peter when, he's t- when they're talking about the prophets looking at the, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow and they don't understand it and they're trying to search it out. That's the same thing they're doing here. Hey, it's not for you, it's for who? Someone that's coming. You see, the spiritual seed, that spiritual nation, they're the ones who inherit the kingdom. The kingdom wasn't offered back here. What's he doing back here? He's setting it up for the offer. Hey, John, you you go, you're going to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is what? At hand, it's here. These guys, Isaiah, the prophets, all they did was talk about it and prophesy that it's coming. The Lord looks over and says, hey, it's here now. You, you got John 3, let that go. Go back to Matthew chapter 21. Look at this. In, in the earthly ministry of the Lord, he is pushing the fact that, that spe- it's time for that spiritual nation to be born. Okay? You got Matthew 21? All right, stick something in there. Well, no, Matthew 21, look at verse 43. Look at verse 42. Now, he's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the leadership group, the scribes and the lawyers of the nation of Israel. Verse 42, and Jesus said unto them, did ye never read in the scriptures? That was their problem. They never read the scriptures. It's all been there. The stone, which the builders rejected, the same, is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, the leadership, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to, what? A nation. Now what? Covenant theology and Christendom say, that's the Gentiles and the church, the body of Christ. But it doesn't say nations. That's what Gentiles' word means, nations. It says what? 
a nation. What did Isaiah 66 tell us? There's a nation to be born. Isaiah 65, a nation to come. Joel 2, a nation that's coming. A seed that's coming. Genesis 25, there's two nations in your womb, Rebecca. One I love, the other one I hated. The one I love is the one going to get the bennies, the benefits. The other one is going to be destroyed. A nation, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Look at Luke 12 and verse 32. Luke 12. The Lord identifies that nation that he's going to give the kingdom uh, by the way, in, 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 uh, in t- Matthew 21, 43, I didn't finish the verse. Because he says, And given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. The fruits. The fruits meet for repentance. What are they doing? They're bringing the fruit, the spiritual fruit. They're doing what needs to be done. Luke 12, verse 32. He says here, Fear not what who? Little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There's the nation. The believing remnant. The royal nation. The royal priesthood. The holy nation. The foolish nation. All of that is right there. The little flock. That's who is going to get the kingdom. But drop, run your eye back up to verse 31. Because here's who is getting it. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these, what? Things shall be added unto you. What's the first thing they're seeking? Not the things. And that's what the lilies and the ravens and all of that was about. The, The worldly possessions. He actually says it there. And he's, verse 30, for all these things do the nations, notice how it's plural, plural there, of the world do what? Seek after. What, what's everybody out for? Eat, drink, and be merry. That's what we do. But what is that little flock going to seek first? The kingdom, the righteousness of God. Seek ye first the righteousness of God, Matthew says. Come over to chapter 22 of Luke. Chapter 22. I really want to get dust done today. Luke 22. Oh, man. I didn't look at the clock, but you guys are not going anywhere, so hang tight. Look at Luke 22. Look at verse 28. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. So ye are they. Who's he talking? Who, who continued with him in his temptations? The little flock did. And I appoint unto you, who? Little flock, a what? A kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto you, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He's not talking to the nation out there. He's talking to who? Those who have continued with him in his temptations. Well, who is that? It is not the unbelieving The apostate Israel, it's who? That believing remnant. That's why in John 3, come back to Romans 9. In John 3, we were going to go over there. He talks there to Nicodemus about the need to be born again. Not of the flesh, not of the water, but of spirit. 
Because it's not enough to be a descendant of Abraham. You also have to have the spiritual justification aspects as well. And again, on a national basis. Because any individual in the lines can go over and say he is the Messiah. And then instantly he would be what? He's in. Okay? Now look at Romans 9. Verse 11, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Paul makes a reference to all of this because the issue is who's doing the calling? God is. The Son is. The Lord is. That's who's doing this. So again, election has nothing to do with salvation. It has everything to do with the service thing. But verse 12, it is said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. The nation of Israel in Christ's day are stripped of the privilege, the hope, the promises that were theirs and were, was given to another nation. The little flock. That's why I said the Israel in Christ's day. Okay? Israel today is just one of the Gentile nations. There's nothing special about them. If you go to Israel today and you visit there, and again, I've never been there, but I see the stuff online and everything. You know what they are? They are a carnal nation just as you and I are. There's nothing spiritual or holy about them. They're just another group of people. Okay? Well, you can't say that. You know why I can say that? Because Paul has concluded all are sinners. Romans 3, 9. So what are they? They're just like you and I. Now, they have a whole different uh, upbringing and life to live in because of where they're at and because of politically who they are, but that's where they are. The Word of God has been working all along, and that's Paul's point. And what he's doing in the new revelation given to Paul, and Paul begins to then go out there and talk to him and, talk, and teach this and say, look, you lost your special privilege. Here's what God's doing today. He's taking his salvation and he's going to the Gentiles. And you know what they say? Liar, liar, pants on fire. That isn't true. So if that is true, then God's word is none effect. Hasn't been working. And he says, no, it has been working you guys missed it because you've been operating not by faith. You've been operating in unbelief. Okay? Now, verse 14, what shall we say then? We'll get into the next one next time. Okay? By the way, that's why Paul says, I speak the truth and uh, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. Because what's he been calling? A liar. He says, no, the problem isn't God's word. The problem is you. You didn't read the scriptures. Now, again, we didn't look at every verse about the remnant and about the little flock. Elijah sits over there underneath the turnip tree, the gourd or whatever it was, and he thinks he's all alone after dealing with, battling with Baal. The, the, and God says, no, I have a group down in Egypt, and I have a group over here, so you're not alone. Why? Because you don't think in the big. Think about Gideon. You know, how, many, how many did Gideon start with? Do you remember? A couple thousand? What did he end up with? 
300. Not out here, it's in here. And Paul was pressing that, okay? All right, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. And above all, we just thank you for who we are in your son. In your name we pray, amen. All right, see you back.